the Open Source Creative Podcast, Episode 16, Let's Talk Spec. This is the Open Source Creative Podcast, a podcast where I ramble on about creativity, process, and open source software during my work commute. I'm Jason Van Gumster, your host and driver. Holy hell, it's been a while. I actually recorded the content for this episode over a month ago. A month! I just haven't been able to squeeze out the time to edit it and record an intro, which this is what I'm recording right now, so there's that. Um, The episode itself, talking about spec work, it's actually a continuation from episode 15, and it relates to it, and you'll see when we get into it, but... What could I possibly have been doing to keep me from sh- sharing my weekly ramblings with you? Well, let me count the ways. <laughs> uh, I had a vacation that was out of town. I ran a 10K. Uh, I had, you know, normal life things. I made a little crazy rig for a flipbook animation for, oh yeah, a Kickstarter campaign that I did to raise funds for one ISBN. Actually, it was a 10-day campaign, and the, it was successful enough that we I was able to raise funds so I can buy 100 ISBNs. That should cover me for a few books, I think. It was a lot of fun. I actually learned quite a bit from it, too. I'll be trying to write a post-mortem on it and share some more of what I, what I think I learned on it in uh, future episodes and on my blog and all of that fun stuff, but... For everyone who helped me out and supported me on the Kickstarter campaign, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it. And also, thank you to the people who are subscribed to my mailing list. You guys had a little preview of the Kickstarter page and stuff before it went up, and your feedback was really helpful in in helping me get that properly set up. So, let's talk a second about news since the last episode, because it's been... A lot of it. Uh, I had an article on opensource.com on making meaningful contributions to open source. More importantly, it was written... <laughs> uh, I have a, a less abrasive... They posted a less abrasive version of it. My my, my premise basically was that it's it's as someone who uses open source software it's not sufficient to just use it you have responsibilities and i've talked about this on on previous episodes as well your responsibilities include things like you know bug reporting and testing and and those sort of things because we are those departments because those departments we don't have those things in commercial software so yeah go ahead i'll have the link to that in the show notes what else happened GDC happened, the Game Developers Conference, and there was all sorts of game engines being released for free, uh, freeze and beer at the very least. Unreal Engine 4 released uh, not just for free, but also their source codes, part of the package deal. Uh, Very interesting things going on there. I actually had a a brief discussion about that on the Linux Lugcast podcast that I participate in now, so that was fun. Uh, Blender was not accepted to the Google Summer of Code for 2015, and there's a, a plethora of reasons for that, but they weren't accepted on it. Uh, MyPaint closed their wiki and moved all of their support stuff to, to GitHub. Uh, Shotcut had a release. Shotcut's a video editing application. Um, it's not horrible. Uh, there was a call for content on the... Uh, sorry. 
There's a call for content from Blender Art Magazine, which I think the call for content is still, still open for, uh, what is it, the, well, issue 47, so you should check that out. Also, a new website was launched, Blender.today. Today actually is, is a top-level domain, so Blender.today is a sort of Reddit-style site specifically for Blender news. Definitely worth checking that one out. Krita 2.9.1 had a release that came out. Um... Google Code shut down, and they're moving their stuff to GitHub. GitHub's getting a lot of stuff going on there. LibreGraphics Magazine has a call for content. Uh, man, all sorts of stuff. PR Man got released free as in beer for non-commercial use. Uh, AMD submitted a gigantic patch to the Blender development for Cycles, so Cycles to get Cycles to work on their card for GPU accelerated rendering. That's going to be cool. And um, hopefully that patch works its way through and gets fully accepted in the trunk. Um, I wrote a little blog post about clean reads and, and that sort of stuff that was worth sharing and talking about. Uh, and there's a really cool article on Ars Technica about a means of curing VR sickness with virtual noses. Basically, the, the long and short of it is that virtual reality sickness is when there's not a frame of reference in this on the screen when you're wearing like an Oculus Rift or something like that for, for the goggles. And the problem with, with that is that some people will get VR sickness. And you've solved that by having some sort of fixed element on screen. Sometimes it's a reticle for a gun sight. Sometimes if it's a driving game, it'll be a dashboard or a flight simulator. It'll be the giant panel of stuff that, that the airplane simulator is going to have and those sort of things. Some games, so you don't you don't have that sort of thing. So a solution that came out of, I think it was Purdue University, was to model a virtual nose and place it roughly where the viewer's nose would be. And our brain automatically sort of phases that out so we don't notice it. But the effects of having that stabilizing force there prevent helps prevent VR sickness. So that was pretty sweet stuff too. Oh, what else? Uh, that pretty much covers. Oh, and just today, just today, in addition to starting with all my self-publishing stuff, I just received my demo copies of Blender for Dummies Third Edition, which will be released on Monday, the 27th of April, 2015. So there's that thing going on too. Whew. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, that's the quick and dirty rundown of the news. I really want to... I have another episode in the wings that I'll uh, be airing next week. So I'm getting back on the weekly schedule. Hiatus over. That's what I say. All right. On with the show. Oh, we're going to toast marshmallows, are we? Could be... Alright, so another episode of Jason's either going to say something stupid or say something not stupid. It's probably most episodes, so 
Maybe I'll edit this part out. In any case, in last episode, that would be episode 15, uh, I went on my little rant about used content and whatnot, and I got some good feedback from a lot of that, um, and a good comment on the on on the podcast page as well, which is fantastic. I love getting comments. Uh, the comment that I got, I got a nice, very well thought out and very in depth uh, comment from David Hengley, and I really want. I, I really hope that I'm pronouncing your last name properly, but I do definitely want to thank you for for your very long, very well thought out. Uh, response because actually it, it it dovetails into this episode's topic, which is that of spec work. Let's talk spec work. So, if anything, the last episode really solidified. I think solidified where I think I stand in, in terms of spec work. And and for those of you who don't know, spec work spec is short for speculative. So. This is work that you do for free on the prospect that you're, you're speculating that eventually you'll get paid for this work or get paid as a result of this work. So an example of, of spec work would be if you're doing design, you design a logo for a company for free. Maybe it's a big name company. You're not even trying to be hired by them necessarily but you're it's it's a you you're doing a logo that's specific to that company and you're putting that in your portfolio so that you can you can do work of that caliber right you can you can address big brands um there are spec commercials you can do a a spec television spot for a company that hasn't hired you but you hope that once they see your spot that they'll either use that spot outright, which would be best, or they'll pay you to make a more customized spot to whatever their their current marketing campaign is. Uh, there are spec scripts. In fact, when it comes to films, <laughs> just about every script you write uh, when you're starting is a, is a spec script. It's just sort of the way it is. So that's spec work. And the thing is that there is a pretty adamant... I'll say adamant. Adamant's going to Yeah. There's a pretty adamant movement online and, and, and within the design communities, the, the graphic design communities of no spec. In fact, I think there's a website, nospec.org. I'll, I think that's the website. If not, I'll, uh, I'll fix that in the show notes. But the idea is that the argument against doing spec work, it goes something like this. Well, let me, let me start the other way. The argument for doing spec work, and this is the argument that you'll hear from everywhere from, from, from beginning artists, beginning designers, down to the people who are trying to hire them. And it makes a lot of sense for the people who are trying to hire them. But the idea is you do, you know, you, you do work for free on the prospect of getting paid. So, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to and so what what you're doing is you're working for free and your payment if you will would be exposure whatever sort of exposure that that customer or the world can give you for doing that work that's that's the essence of spec of spec work and that's the argument for it is basically you're doing work for free and you're either padding a portfolio that you can show to other people 
or you're getting exposure by virtue of the the, the prospective customer. So what also falls under the under the auspices of spec work would be contests. So logo contests, for instance, where where one company put out a a a brief of sorts that says this is what we want in our logo, and we will pay one person for their logo or we will you know we're holding a contest and anybody can submit logo ideas and their designs and we'll pay for the winner or the winner gets some kind of prize or or something along those lines and that also qualifies technically as spec work because you don't know you're going to be the one that wins that logo design contest of of, of anything and there are actually there are businesses <laughs> built around this entire concept and I'm not going to name them by name because they happen to, to um, sponsor a lot of podcasts. So if you listen to podcasts, you'll know who I'm talking about. If you don't listen to podcasts, well, listen, listen to more podcasts. But what it comes down to is it's, it's you know, a company holds a contest and, and the, the, the winner is the one that gets paid with something. And in some really weak cases, they, they get paid with just exposure, which... But so that's that's the argument for spec work is that hypothetically or in theory, I should say, in theory, you gain exposure and an audience by virtue of the work itself and who you're doing it for, like in the case of a contest or or any of those sorts of things. Now, the the no spec movement, I'll say movement, the no spec movement says don't do any of that shit. Don't do any of it. Um, because what you're doing by doing this work for free is, well, you're, you're doing the work for free and you're under, what you're doing is, is pricing down the value of everyone else's work who doesn't do it for free. You're, you're making what the rest of us do look cheap by doing, by, by you doing it for free. That's the argument. That, I mean, that's that's the essence of the no spec argument, and I mean, there's 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 merit to that because if everybody's doing a bunch of work for free, then it's going to be very hard for someone to get paid to do that work. And artists in general have a propensity for being taken advantage of because, quite frankly, a lot of us would be doing this for free anyway. Right, we we got into the design or art or whatever our art field is. Yeah, that's what we got into. Whatever our art field is, be it design or video or animation or writing or music, we got into it because we liked the field. Because we'd be doing it anyway, so we may as well try to get paid doing it. That's that's sort of the running argument for 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 most creatives doing this sort of stuff. And so because we, we actually enjoy what we do, funny that, weird concept that, because we enjoy what we do, we also are good targets for being taken advantage of, uh, financially speaking, where we don't know the value of our own work and therefore we undervalue it and people who should be paying a lot more money for, for the creative contributions we make uh, get away paying, you know, 
a fraction of, of what it's actually worth. But, and it's, I'm going to dovetail off that a little bit and it's sort of, it's, it's a kind of a weird argument because the people who are paying for, for this work, most of them, especially if they're just starting out as purchasers of creative work, most of them don't know what it's worth either. So you have, you have clients who don't know how much labor is involved and how much the work is worth when it's completed, like a logo, a logo has long-lasting value, especially as a trademark for, for any sort of company and, and entity, right? So there's, there's inherent value in there, especially if their company ends up being something, you know, largish or important. But, you know, you, you either have these customers are either these clients, these customers, whatever you want to call them, the people who are purchasing, in this case, a, a logo design, they either don't know the value of it or they know the value of it and they're being very shrewd. Most of them, I don't think they know the value of it. So you end up with people who don't know the value of the work purchasing from people who don't know the value of their own work. <laughs> and that, I, the only way to get around that's going to be some, you know, some form of education, right? A, a, you have to inform both customers and producers of the the inherent value of the work that's being made and that's a that's a pretty steep challenge because i mean from a from a uh sort of general free market standpoint if you want to take that argument from that if i think something is worth a dollar and my customer thinks something is worth a dollar but you know it's worth ten dollars who's who's right i mean obviously you're right you know it's worth ten dollars and but if all the the producer needs or from it is one dollar and all that the purchaser wants to pay for it is one dollar then the value of it kind of kind of is what it is isn't it despite the fact that it, it may have an inherent value that they're unaware of of ten dollars it's it's a wacky thing to think about but sort of tying this into the last episode I'm not I can't say that I'm entirely in the no spec camp entirely I understand the argument and and in large part I I agree with the principle of knowing the value of your work and being able to charge what that value is worth what that work is worth right that's that's the whole notion of it but the argument that by doing work for free, you're un, or by, and it's not even for free. This is speculative. This is spec work, right? So doing work for free now on the promise of payment later, the prospect that that is undervaluing your work, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on that argument. The, the, it's partially because of the whole customer doesn't know what it's worth and, and, and producer doesn't know what it's worth thing. There's, there's that weird sort of market thing going on there that I, I, I have a hard time sort of thinking of a solution for that. But the, the, the other part of it is, is again, I'm going to take my own work. For example, there's a lot of shit that I do. Well, Grant, all right. 
bear in mind, there's a lot of shit that I do that no one would pay for, and I'm fully aware of that. And, uh, well, I mean, but it's stuff that I find that I enjoy, so whatever, I'm doing that. And that's, but that's not speculative work, that's just work that I do for fun. If something that I do for fun somebody eventually buys, then sweet, that's awesome. That's a bonus. Now, there is also some work that I do that is self-promotional or or I treat it as, as marketing. And that would technically count as spec, speculative work. So that counts as speculative work and there's there's value in that. But it's it's you know it's work that I do that's essentially for free. No one's paying me to do it. And I'm hoping that it eventually uh, I get a recoup cost on, on, on doing that work. Either with other work that I get from somebody or with, uh, by, by selling that, that, that specific piece, whatever it might be. But the other part of it is, well, when it comes down to it, if you're freelancing, we'll we'll talk, you're not, you're not on somebody's staff, you're not salaried and you're doing contract work outside of the, I mean, the, the, the prospect of of whatever your contract says. And hopefully your contract says you get some money up front. That's if you're signing a contract, you should probably get some money up front, but even still, it's not the entire amount. So the way I kind of figure if you're freelancing, if you're doing contract work on some level, all work is spec work because you have customers that can renege on a contract. They can not pay you the rest of it. They can, you know, forget to pay you the initial payment after you've already done some work. There's, you know, bad customers exist and they're not, they're not the overwhelming majority. I wouldn't even say they're, they're even in the majority. They're, they're a minority, but they exist. But because they exist, you kind of have to, you know, you, you vet your customers and, 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 you know, you fire the one, you fire the customers that suck and, and those sort of things. But in, in the general abstract sense, all, when you're doing freelance work, all, all work is spec work until you get the money in your pocket, you're doing it for either a fraction of the full cost or nothing. And hopefully it's not nothing, but you know, some people make wacky deals. So that's one, one part of that. The other part of it is that free, you know, in, in sort of this, this ties into last week's episode in the writing world and in a lot of other creative fields, free is a marketing strategy. You give away stuff for free as a marketing strategy. We just saw this in GDC with all the game engines that came out, some with source, some just without, without paying for them, but they're free. And that is entirely a marketing strategy. And in, in essence, they're giving away that the work of creating that, that product, be it again, a book, be it a game engine, be it, um, some kind of application of some sort, be, you know, an illustration, but in those, in those fields, they're giving away work for free to gain exposure and penetration into a, a, a given market. It's a calculated risk, but it's still in essence, speculation. It's still spec work. It's still a gamble. And that's 
that's valid. Do you think that by releasing, well, and take this open source angle, right? By releasing source code for free for any open source program, be it, in this case, again, a game engine or uh, any creative content program, and I've, again, I'm not going through the list of them that I always go through, but in any of these cases, does the fact that that software is available for free, those features, that capability, the fact that it's available for free, does that undervalue the whole field? Of course it doesn't. Just because GIMP or Inkscape exists for free, that doesn't make the field of graphics software undervalued. Granted, it certainly has helped drive down the price on some of that stuff, but that that's part of that is, is I think the time that some of those programs have, have been on the market, things naturally become cheaper the longer they're, on, they're, they're in existence. And part of it is, I, I lost it, I have it. <laughs> part of it's the, the amount of time it's been on market. And part of it is, is yeah, the, some of that proprietary software was overpriced to begin with. So it's, it's coming down to more reasonable prices that is probably, you know, arguably those prices should have been all along. And I don't think that has, I think the fact that free software exists, freeze and beer software exists only helps that a little bit. Not, 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 I don't think it, it's, it's the giant catalyst that some people think it is in terms of driving prices down. So I would say that because GIMP and Krita and Inkscape exist, that's not making raster graphics software like, or vector graphics software like Photoshop and Illustrator and, um, well, I'll just use Adobe Suite. It doesn't make those less valuable, right? Uh, because Blender is free, that doesn't make Maya a less valuable tool. It, it doesn't. And, 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 Again, it's a marketing, from a, from a freeze and beer standpoint, it's a marketing strategy because this is why you have trial versions of this of these proprietary products. This is why you have the the free, you know, thirty days free on the scoop subscription versions of these products, or or those sort of things. You know, they're still monetizing it. They're still making money. There's, there's still value in the tool, but just because another version, another thing in the field has is, is is given away for free that doesn't make the whole field all of a sudden less valuable and likewise when it comes to create the when it, it's it's likewise when it comes to creative work so just because some other illustrator gives away work for free that doesn't undervalue or undermine the value of all illustration work right because your work is still your work it doesn't even undermine, let's bring it even tighter in. If I were to give away some of my work for free, that doesn't undervalue all of my work because some work I do, the stuff I do for free, chances are good, I'm doing it for me. If you want me to do something for you, then you should pay me to do it. But I've done some work for free so that you know that I exist. The cool thing about doing work for free, it can be whatever I want it to be. And that's kind of fun. 
And so yeah, I can, you can you can that's where you drive your own brand, drive your own image, drive you know, give an impression of what type of work that you do. So yeah, long story short, which I've I've rambled quite a bit on this, but long story short, I don't think I can fully agree with the no spec camp. Um, but I don't think you should do nothing but spec work, obviously, because that's not going to pay out for you at all. Let's, <laughs> you know, let me give away all of my work for free. Then, you know, then I'm sure to get paid. That, that, that of course, doesn't work. You've got to employ it strategically. And that's, I guess, what I'm saying is that there's, there's not a blanket right or wrong when it comes to speculative work. It's employing that strategy consistently in a, in a way that, that, that works for you and, 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 and those sort of things, just like in terms of, of people who do like the writing, they give away a book for free, or they give away a short story for free or the, um, and they do that sort of thing. And if you like their free piece, you're inclined to purchase the rest of what they have. Um, music's the same sort of way, right? Hell, to a certain degree, but that's that's a strategy that's employed in, in indie music, at least. You know, how many places, how many people are, are putting their, their music on SoundCloud for free, or even, you know, the the, the music that Kevin McLeod does it is everywhere, and he gives away a bunch of that stuff for free, but people also hire him to do stuff custom. That's that's that strategy working for them and because otherwise it's I mean yeah it's spec work and that's that's sort of I think where I fit where I said I'm not vacillated over the years back and forth on this like I've I used to be very adamantly no spec at all and then I used to be very uh you know for 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 a while there I was like I'm gonna especially when you're starting out I'm gonna do whatever work for anybody because maybe that puts they put a good in good word in. So I, you know, I've 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 been on the wrong side of both of the both. I've been on, on the extreme wrong side of both of those arguments. I I just I, so I think moderation is is the right approach. You don't involve yourself in every little contest, and especially not a contest you have to pay to get into. That's you know unless there's. There's a real chance of you getting it, and there's real value on the other end of that rainbow, so to speak. Um, you know, that's those are things you 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 approach with a lot of caution, unless you're dealing with a really really big name that that you can kind of trust. So you're not you're not involving yourself on on in just any spec work. Otherwise, if you're going to do spec work, do something that that you enjoy. Do your own thing, and that's also. For anybody who, who wants to get, this is dovetailing on a topic I talked about quite a few episodes ago, but it, it goes into it is that if anybody, if you want somebody to work on your project for you, so say you're doing an animation, animation is an inherently collaborative art, you need other people to work with you on it. The other people who you need to work with you are very creative people. And creative people, you know, we do this shit for fun, therefore, we're going to be doing our, you know, if given the choice of doing someone else's work for free or doing our own ideas for free, 
we're going to lean, you know, we're all automatically biased to doing our own work for free. You know, if I'm not getting, if I'm not getting paid to do something, I might as well not get paid to do my own stuff. So if you want somebody else, if you want, if you're in the position of trying to get somebody on your team to work and you're not paying, you better have a couple compelling reasons to get them not to work on their own projects. And that's a hard argument. So yeah, that's, that's the long and short of it. I, I, I hereby declare <laughs> that I don't agree with the full no spec principle, but I don't think that a person should do speculative work without really thinking it through in terms of why they're doing it, who they're doing it for, and what the possible benefits of you know, doing that spec work are. That's where I stand on it. So there. Um, this episode's a little short, but whatever. That's that's where I think. Anyhow, I'm showing up to to work, so uh, that about covers it now. I'm gonna stop. So now it's time to get to work. And that pretty much covers it. Now, if there's something that I said in that little driving rant of mine that strikes a chord with you, you can make a comment on it on the podcast section of my website. That's monsterjavaguns.com slash podcast. Or you can track me down. Again, I'm Jason Van Gumster. I'm on all your favorite social media sites. I think most of them at least. Just look for Monster Java Guns and you can tell me what you think there. I also have an email newsletter. It's plain text and it's a light traffic thing and I send little bits of email here and there when I have a question or if I'm announcing something cool showing up. So please subscribe to that. Just jump onto the sidebar of my website. Again, that's monsterjavaguns.com <laughs> and that's, uh, that's where you can sign up for it. Yeah, that covers it. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you.